0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 105. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Luke with a second chapter. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. If you're of a certain age, such as I am, and you grew up watching the Peanuts cartoon and specifically the Christmas special, this particular chapter will be familiar, although we'll be reading it from the NIV, the New International Version, as we usually use instead of the King James Version, or KJV, as was used in that special. But this is the Christmas story, and it's one of two Christmas stories in the Bible. This is Luke's Christmas story, as we mentioned earlier. Matthew's Christmas story focuses on Joseph and angel Gabriel going to Joseph and Luke's Christmas story focuses on Mary and Matthew's focuses on the wise men and Luke's focuses on the shepherds and the angels. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged To be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. As Luke sets this story, he sets it firmly in where it fits in current history, and in current history, Judea, where Jesus is born, is within the Roman Empire. And specifically, Caesar Augustus is Caesar. And Caesar was the second Caesar. So the second ruler after the fall of the Roman Republic. The first one was Julius Caesar. And this is his nephew, Octavius, who took on the name of Caesar Augustus, or greatest Caesar, August. And Julius and August also decided to give themselves each a month, which is where the months of July and August come from, which is why September and October, which should be the seventh and eighth month, sept, oct, are actually the ninth and tenth. And because he is that kind of ruler, who is ruling In a fairly good way, Octavius is a good ruler, and this is a time period in Roman history called the Pax Romana, or the Roman Peace. It's one of the longest time periods where the empire is not plagued by both internal struggles, civil wars, as well as external invasions. And Jesus is born at this time. And this is a particularly useful time for God to use because as the church is growing here obviously, Jesus' ministry, and then the church starts, it's a time period of relative stability where the church can be spread more easily because people can travel the length and breadth of the Mediterranean region using one language, one currency, and one system of government. And so it helps with the spread of the church. So this time period, at the right time, God has sent Jesus, and this is the time period that he chose. Caesar has decided that he wants to tax people, and to tax them, you got to count them. And so Joseph has to go to where his family is from, which is Bethlehem, which is the city of David, because he is of the line of David. And so despite the fact that Mary is very pregnant, they have to go, and while she is there, the time comes for the baby to be born. There's no room for them in the inn, and Bethlehem is not a big town, so the inn would not be a Ramada Inn or a Hilton, but probably just a relatively small house, so it probably didn't take very many travelers to fill up the available space, but but she's been offered apparently some space for the child to be born in the stable, and so Jesus is put in a manger or in a feeding trough for animals. And then the scene shifts to the hillside outside of town. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests." So the shepherds are minding their own business out here when suddenly an angel appears, and as we've said, usually the first thing that an angel says is peace be with you. In this case, do not be afraid, because we don't know what angels look like, but they're terrifying. There is a power of God in them, in these messengers of God. One of the interesting things that some people have pointed out is that one of the sets of flocks that is kept by Bethlehem are the flocks that are used for the sacrifice at the temple. And so these are possibly the shepherds who are guarding over the sacrificial lambs who are told that the Lamb of God has been born. They're not told with those words, but it's an interesting speculation. I wouldn't put much into that account, but it's it does intrigue me. And notice that we said that Luke's account is meant to emphasize the universal nature of Jesus And from the beginning we're told this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And then the story goes on, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. high-paying, a high-status sort of position, but obviously David was a shepherd, and the analogy is used of Jesus as the good shepherd. And shepherd and sheep is something that is used quite a lot as an analogy in the Bible in various ways. And then another interesting thing happens, eight days later, and the Bible goes on, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And so Jesus is taken to be consecrated. This law came from the set of laws that are given to the people of Israel after the Passover, after the exodus from Egypt, when the firstborn of Israel is spared. And so Part of the law was that the firstborn is to be consecrated. And so while they're doing this, with the sacrifice that is given for poor people, a pair of doves or two young pigeons is the poor person's sacrifice brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel." The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, His mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And so Simeon had been told that he would get to see the Messiah, and when he sees this child, he says to God, now let me die. You fulfilled your promise. I have seen your salvation. A light for the Gentiles, again, the universal nature of Jesus, as well as the glory of the people Israel. But he has a little harsh news in here that Jesus won't bring just peace, that many hearts will be revealed, many will rise and fall because of Jesus. Jesus will divide things and also There is going to be some sadness for Mary. A sword will pierce your own soul too, which is not necessarily good news. And then, finally, there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And so Anna also, who is a prophetess, who is someone who speaks out what God would say, comes and proclaims this child also. A woman who spends her whole time fasting and praying and worshiping, and is close enough to God that she also recognizes who Jesus is. There's only one other account of Jesus during his boyhood, and we will do that next week. For now, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any comments, feel free to put them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening.